You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into a special edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle, and I am joined... By Jack Wright. This is the third part of a three-part series around the NFC North, previewing the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, and now the Detroit Lions. Jack, thanks for joining me, dude. I do not like hosting by myself. Not fun, not enjoyable. I know we talked to Brendan did it for a long time, and I don't it takes a special skill. You've done a great job. And I'm not just saying that because I'm your friend. I really do mean it. Well, thanks, dude. Uh, I think about Mark Grody. That dude is crazy entertaining. I still don't know how he does it. Like he does hosting that, uh, that midnight show that uh, Grobstein used to do. Un- unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited to talk Lions to finish up the this this preview. It's some good stuff. Are you thinking about buying or selling a house in the Chicagoland area? There is one person and one person only, Jeff Cadwalder with App Properties. Jeff is making it happen for his buyers using proven tactics to help his buyers get the contracts. And it's not about paying the highest price either. Contact Jeff to learn more. You can visit either GenevaJeff.com or you can call or send him a text at 630-254-4734. Jack, I just got a haircut and every freaking time I leave Sheridan's with Will, one, you're gonna laugh the entire time you're sitting in his chair, and the second thing is I actually get people that like compliment my hair, which it's freaking awesome. So thank you to Will. Sheridan's Barbershop located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years. They've got six barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. You can book your appointment online or by phone. So Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or give them a call, 630-668-0137. Book yours today. Sheridan's Barbershop. We're traditional meets modern. All right. So Jack, we have yet another phenomenal guest uh, from the Roar of the Lions, Matt Turner. Now, Matt, I, I think it's it's been a while. We've been talking, I don't know, dare I say almost two years at some point? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's crazy. So um, before we get too far into it and want to talk about the Lions, just remind me how such an awesome dude as yourself over in the UK has become a Detroit Lions fan. Oh, it's such a big question. Um, And we kind of went on to this on our show very recently. And we basically a whole hour on this because people just still don't believe you. I went to Detroit in November for the first time and people were like, why are you here? It's (laughs) such a bizarre thing. Um, uh, As as a historian, um, not not as a profession, but just as a hobby in Detroit, being the former richest city in the world is just a kind of attraction to me. Lots of our guys kind of have an attraction to the music, the Motown and or Eminem, hip hop and that sort of thing. So that plays quite well. But 
I mean, for me, it was kind of all of some of this. And then it was just, it was the team I played first on Madden when I was getting into the game to begin with. And Stafford went first overall and it defaulted to them. And so I kind of always just kind of ran with that. And the city kind of spoke to me. The people are blue collar, hardworking. You're seeing that in hard knocks right now in terms of how they're trying to build the team. And I feel how much the city is kind of responding to that. So that that's a short history of why. Man, there's so much to unpack here. Uh, the first thing is, I don't tell people this a lot, but um, I loved football, but I didn't totally understand it until I started playing Madden. And when I started playing Madden, it's like, oh, I'm learning all the rules and the ins and outs. I think it's fantastic. Let's talk because some of us are getting to see Dan Campbell uh, for the first time, you know, outside of being a Detroit fan. And there's been some things you'll have to remind me the name of the player. We just talked about this on our pod a little while ago. Uh, He meets a young fan and the young fan requests that one of the players says hello. He writes it on his hand and then actually sends it to the player. And the player does give him a shout out, this fan, a shout out on the Uh, on social media. It was a really, really cool moment. So it's one of those things where, you know, as a Bears fan, I can't cheer for for your team, but I can say I really like Dan Campbell. Yeah, I think it was TJ Hawkinson from memory. I'm not 100%, but I I think it was him. And that would fit very well with his personality. But I I don't know if you've seen Hard Knocks episode one yet, and episode two is going to drop today. But um, there's a speech that Jamal Williams, our running back, formerly of Green Bay, does. Very emotional very powerful you can feel what last year did to him and and the fact that he's a winner and he hates losing but that he you know really cares about the people he works with because it's it's a job and people forget that it is a job and that you know people go in there with pride and the really great thing about a speech is actually what they cut out and the very first part of that speech is something they did put on social media which was they were breaking down the session dan campbell starts it off by saying there are some kids watching you guys over there who are all either suffering with cancer or have survived it they've come to see you you are doing this as much as for anyone else you are doing it for them so i'd appreciate it if all of you guys go and spend some time with them afterwards please and then he says jamal break it down and then he has his really emotional speech. And in the speech, he references the kids, which also got cut out. I don't know why they cut that bit, because for me, it was a really, really powerful part of what happened there. I know they're on a deadline and it would have made like a three minute speech, a six minute speech. And that time is money for them. But it was really cool. There's just something about the organization where I've always said I want to support a team where I like the players because they're good people. And that's why I'm not a Raiders fan because, or, you know, (laughs) just a fan of a team that kind of says, I don't care about you personally. You can be an absolute, you know what, but we'll take you on because you're a good football player. I don't want to be that. I don't want players who I think are not good for the organization in the city and reflect badly on them. And I want to support the team because I really want them to do well as people. And we've got that. For the first time since I've been a fan, through and through, I feel like it's fantastic people being led by fantastic people. It's such a great place to be. And I really hope they succeed because I couldn't bear everyone getting fired. Like if we went three, 13 and one again, it'd take a strong owner to kind of retain the staff. But I, I really hope they do because I feel like the buy-in is so big. Have you ever seen a three-win team in the second year have that togetherness? It's so refreshing. 
So is it safe to say that you're watching Hard Knocks? And if so, what has stood out to you? Yeah, we get we get it over here two days later in the States. So I know episode two drops tonight and we'll get episode two over here on Thursday night. So we're a little behind with all the commentary. But from episode one, it, all, it was very coaches focused. It wasn't too much about the players. And I think the players will kind of come in this episode perhaps. But it was referenced that there's 80 years, more than 80 years playing experience in the coaching staff. And it was really empowering to see one, our linebacker coach, Kelvin Shepard. He's got this long, lovely hair. And he says, I was thinking of cutting my hair because, you know, I thought this is what I should look like if I'm going to be a coach for the team. And Dan was like, don't do that. I've hired you because you are who you are. Do not change who you are to fit some sort of role you've decided in your head that this is what it's meant to be. And he went on to say, Dan is ashamedly who he is. Dan Campbell is not changing who he is because he thinks the national media need to see a polished human being. And you've seen it from the introductory press conference he gave with the kneecaps and whatever. It was very funny for everyone, right? But it's who he is. There was a, a comment he made about beating someone up in, in the field who's got one ass cheek and three toes. And it's like, okay, maybe that's a bit of a weird thing to say. But it's him, and he speaks some very odd metaphors sometimes, but it gets people behind them. The, um, the Aidan Hutchinson song as well, the, the rookie initiation he had, was fantastic, singing Billie Jean and seeing all the team getting into it. And what I didn't know, actually, but listening to the commentary that happened, at the end of practice, at the end of meetings, at the end of the day, everyone's really tired, low energy, and it tends to be something where people kind of don't really get into it too much. And that's why everyone really feeling it and singing along and whatever was almost odd or strange. You don't really see that normally. So it just feels like the team are very together. I, I can't wait for episode two because I just don't really feel like there's going to be anything negative coming out of it. It's going to be sad when people get cut that you're resonating with. It always is. But I, I just can't help but feel fantastic about who we are. And that's, that's a really nice place to be, especially after the previous regime, which made me feel somewhat the opposite of that. Let, let's just take a moment and just say how much I think we all enjoy that Matt Patricia is no longer in the division. <laughs> that that just the the you know sit up when you talk to me press conference. I just didn't make any sense whatsoever. Oh. I, yeah, and the fact right. that he is taking down the Patriots from the inside. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about Jared Goff, your quarterback, losing mm. Matt Stafford, watching him go and win a Super Bowl. It must have been really tough, Jared Goff is your quarterback. Uh, he doesn't seem to inspire a lot of confidence from the outside. What do you kind of think about that, Matt? It's one of those things with any course back where the fan base seems to be fairly split 50, 50. Um, it's, it's really hard. So I think Jared Goff on an average team is going to be a below average course back. And I think on a really good team could be a really good quarterback. And he's just someone who kind of rises and falls with how good his team is. I don't think Jared Goff is ever really going to hold you back. I know that the Rams kind of decided at the very top level that he just wasn't quite good enough. We ain't there yet. That's not a worry for us. Um, but, you know, he can elevate his play. The last five games of last season, he really started putting it together. And it, it didn't come out in PFF grades or anything like that. But he's a confidence quarterback. And you saw his confidence shot early on in the year. And he had basically 10 or 11 really bad games. 
um, to the point where I was talking about cussing him mid-season last year. I was that out on him. I was like, look, it's going to cost us a few million in, in, in cap. I don't care. I want him out. And then he started putting it together. And one of the things that he, he stopped doing, he stopped trying to spin out of a pocket. He was like, screw this, I'm bailing. And he'd just walk into a sack because he, he hasn't got the athletic profile of someone who can actually do that with any regularity. But the offensive coordinator changed last year. Our left tackle came back and he got a receiving option he had chemistry with. And he started doing something else. He started stepping up into the pocket in the face of danger because he trusted his O-line would protect him, that he could get the ball to where it needed to be. His last five games, he looks like he could recapture the form of previous years. This camp, we've just gone through in training camp, is a world away from where he was last year. Now, I'm not saying he's the second coming, but he was awful last year in training camp. And this year, everything you hear about him is that the chemistry is right on it with his receivers. And you saw it for the one drive we had in the first preseason game that he can put it together. I believe that Jared Goff could lead us to a playoff spot. And it might only be the seventh seed. I don't think we could get any higher than that. But nine and eight could do it in, in this conference. And I think Jared Goff could do that with this team. It's interesting that you say that just because, and I'm sure you haven't listened, but in our last preview, we talked with some Minnesota Viking fans and they actually had some pretty high praise for Dan Campbell saying, uh, and Jared Goff saying that uh, those guys had the Lions playing tough in every single game that you knocked the Minnesota Vikings out of the playoffs. Uh, you know, and there was, there was a lot of talk about that. If, if this season is also filled with games where the Lions are close, but don't get it done. Is that taxing for you? Are you excited about that? Like how, how does that feel as a fan? I mean, it's, it's crushing to lose close games, but we were blown out by Philadelphia who were instantly were playing week one and it's a really good asset asset test for us. But um, we were blown out by them. We were blown out by Seattle late as well. Week, week uh, 16 last year. That feels a lot worse. You know, when you're just, totally blown out of a game. You've got no chance. And for three quarters of it, you're thinking, well, I'm, I'm here just for the podcast now. <laughs> like that, that's really rough. But in a close game, it's exciting. It's what I'm watching the game for. Like, even when you win big, it's like, this is satisfying, this is good. But sometimes those one, two, three-point games are what the sport is made of. And, you know, the the playoff game between the the Bills and um, and the Beng- Bills and Bengals? Bills and Chiefs? I can't remember who it was. Bills and Chiefs. That was one of the best playoff games ever. Yeah, that's what it's all about. And can can any Bills fan say if they won by 30 points, it would be a more exciting game? I really don't think so. So, you know, the close games are what I live for, win or lose, really. We can hardly relate. We don't ever have to just watch just for the pod. No, no, that definitely did not happen at the end of last season. It's hard to understand what you're saying. Yeah, that's strange. (laughs) hold your feet to the fire matt and ask what is the greatest strength of this team one strength i'm gonna say it's a defensive coordinator um so if you have a look at our defense it will tell you it's like 31st ranks from last year overall that was one place higher than it should have been and you have a look at you know jeff akuda injured for basically the entire season again we had two UDFAs starting by week four for the majority of the season. We had Romeo Aquara go down for the full season after three games, and he was our high-priced re-signing. 
And then we were going in with Charles Harris, who could well have been out of the league by now. You know, if you have a look at everything that happened last year and how many close games we had, as you've referenced, the fact that we were in those games is a testament to how well Aaron Glenn did with that team. The ranking doesn't tell the full story there because we had, in the last 10 years, we had the worst roster in the NFL ever. That I truly, truly believe that. You know, the way the offense was playing, the fact I wanted our starting quarterback to get cut mid-season, that defense had no one on it really worth anything at all. And especially coming from where it did the previous year under the previous regime, we didn't deserve to do anything. And the fact that we won any games at all is crazy. And I know it took a long time to beat the Vikings, but he worked wonders with it. And he'll be a head coach after this season, 100%, because we'll surprise a lot of people. And it will start there. Our offense is really good this year, but our defense will be the surprising thing. Now, as someone who hasn't been watching Lions Camp at all, and I told you I haven't seen Hard Knock, so I really haven't gotten a window into it. What is something that has stood out to you from training camp for the Lions? What is something maybe might interest Bears fans or maybe even something that worries you? Any kind of camp notes that you got for us? So in, in terms of the offense, and I kind of referenced it earlier, but the chemistry that Goff has not just with one guy. So last year it was Josh Reynolds coming in, cut by the tie since we brought him in midseason. He had the chemistry with him. He has established a similar amount of chemistry, not quite as much because he's played with, with Reynolds for a long time at the Rams, but he's established that chemistry with DJ Chark. He's already got it with Amon Rasen Brown. Josh Reynolds is there. He had it with Quintus Cephas before he went down and Khalif Raymond too. And then he already had it with Hawkinson. If Goff is a guy that requires confidence and requires chemistry with guys, he's established that already. And we're several weeks out. So that's one really, really positive thing from that. Uh, I guess the other one is just that everyone seemed to think that Aiden Hutchinson was a safe pick with a really high floor and a low ceiling. And everyone seemed to think that Penny Saul in the previous year was potentially the best tackle prospect coming out of college ever or, you know, in recent history. Hutchinson is giving Saul a lot of problems, especially in pads. Um, Saul's giving it back to him too, but everyone knows that the offensive line should be winning 90% 90% of their reps, right? 95% of their reps. Otherwise, that ain't a good offensive line. Hutchinson is is really making Saul work. And that partnership is really going to make Hutchinson and his ceiling so much higher than people thought it would be. He was giving... He only played for one drive in the preseason game one, and he was giving them massive problems, really big problems. And it's the Atlanta offensive line. It's not that great, but... Hutchinson's going to surprise some people by quite how good he is if he stays healthy. As we inch closer to the season, seems like it's taking forever. What <laughs> are your expectations for the team, Matt? What are you looking to see from your Lions this year? I'm looking to see those games where we get blown out become close games. I'm looking for those close games to become close wins, not close losses. This team was 313 and 1, but if they'd won half the number of games they were close in, it would have been six wins and this team should be much better than that the offense is so much further ahead than it was and the defense has had substantial investment and it's playing in a scheme it's used to from last year add to that a fourth place schedule and as we know the nfc north has a weak schedule generally around the league or so it's perceived as every team in the north should do better than expected really but i fancy us to beat the vikings in the division 
generally speaking, in, in terms of standings, I, I've been low on the Vikings for some time. I was low on them last year, and I think I was proved right. And this year, I don't see them doing any better, if I'm honest. I think that we will be second in the division. My, my out of that kind of out there prediction is that it will be Lions at Packers in week 18 for the division. Because I think that the Packers are a really good football team, apart from no wide receivers worth anything. And I think that's really going to hurt them. Now, Rodgers has a, a way of making his receivers look good, but normally he has one guy he can rely on, and he hasn't got that, I don't think. So I see the Packers beating the Lions in Detroit. And then in Week 18, they go in 9-8. and eight, uh, Sorry, 9-7. and seven with the Lions at um, eight and eight. And if the Lions win, they're in. And I can just see that happen. And we end up eight and nine losing in Lambeau and they go 10 and seven. Their Vegas odds say they're around 10, 11 wins. So it's not that far out of the realm of possibility for me. So Matt, I want to say, and I, and I mean this sincerely, I, I we have a great connection here. I, I mm-hmm. think incredibly highly of all of you at the Roar of the Lions. Tell me why this year is different because so often we're seeing Lions fans that are genuinely excited about their team. A lot of smack talk happening in in August and that kind of tails off really, really fast. Why is this season different than previous years? I think before this time last year, there was hope, vain hope that it wouldn't be as bad as we thought it might be. And it ended up not being that way, but but it could have been and maybe should have been with a with a lesser coaching staff and a lesser front office. Now there's expectation. And I don't know how that's been born out of three wins, but they've got everyone believing in them. And you know what? In a game that's so defined sometimes by momentum and morale and timing and confidence, we're there. Like, if, if there was a Super Bowl on how good you felt going into the season. We'd be right up there. But this offense is loaded. And I mean, it depends how much you want to buy into Goff on on whether you think that will hold someone back. But the guy is a confidence quarterback that requires timing with the receivers. And he's going to have that. Put together a top five offensive line, put together a team of running backs and Swift Williams, and don't count out Craig Reynolds at running back three, who's doing some really, really good things in camp. There's no weak link there. The weak link is Jared Goff, and I think he's going to rise and fall with the team. And if the team's good, therefore, that offense will fire. And it looked like there was no stopping them in that one Atlanta drive. They just proceeded down the field like there wasn't a care in the world. If you add into the fact that this defense could really overachieve compared to where it should be, against mobile quarterbacks is where we're going to struggle. They've got to sort that out. If they do... There are some players that are unheralded, drafted late, that have also had really good camps. Adding to that, Jeff Akuda looking like the player that we thought we'd drafted. If he stays healthy these next few weeks, get a couple of games under his belt. I believe that the defense will keep them in games and the offense will win it for them. There's belief, and they, I think they're going to achieve much more highly than people think. You broached this question a bit, two questions back, but more specifically, how do you see the NFC North playing out this year? Packers win the division from the Lions in game uh, game 17, week, week 18. 
Vikings and then the Bears, unfortunately. Um, the Bears is a really weird one. I feel like coming into about a month ago, I was convinced that the Bears were viable candidates to have a, have a horrifically bad season. They've cut or traded away most of their assets, which is just a real shame. But, you know, that quarterback is going to do good things. And I mean, hell, I, I just don't believe in Minnesota at all. I really don't. If you could give them a problem in the division, I mean, who knows? But yeah, I, that, that's, that's roughly where I see the division. The Lions are going to do big things, but we're not going to run away from Green Bay. No one is. You know, Rodgers and that, that defense is unbelievable in Green Bay. So we'll see how far that carries them. But I don't know. I feel like second in the North is a viable candidate for the playoffs. And that, that could be any one of the three of us if we, if we catch fire. You know, game one and game two is going to be so important. It is every year. Everyone knows if you go 0-2, your chances of playoffs are really low. So... Get, get those first two under your belt. It's anyone's game. It's Kirk Cousins, isn't it? I mean, that's really... That, <laughs> there it I is. Mean, that's, that's what it comes down to with the Vikings, I think. Yeah, I mean, so we were on the podcast I mentioned before we came on with Sam Monson from PFF, and he said, according to grading, that Cousins, for the majority of the season, was a borderline top five quarterback last year, and I almost spat my drink out. I mean, that's where he was rated. But I think where those metrics miss out is where he wins and where he loses. And he wins really well in the games that he just should win, that he blows teams away, especially in garbage time. But in those games where he's playing against someone 50-50 or against good teams, in big moments, he chokes. And it's like the reverse Matthew Stafford. Stafford would struggle in games where you should probably win. And then in really difficult games, he'd come out firing and, you know, grit, determination. That's why the Rams won the Super Bowl. Uh, Cousins ain't it, and he never will be. He's not got that clutch factor you need from a quarterback. I just don't believe in him. I'd rather, I'd much rather have Fields. I'd much rather have Fields than Cousins. Well, we can we can definitely agree on that. Matt, uh, last question here is, were you happy for Matt Stafford? Were you jealous? Were you all those? Like, what, what were you kind of feeling as you watched that, the last Super Bowl? It was a mix of emotions. Um, I was really, really happy for Stafford. And I mean, he spoke several times about the outpouring of love he got from the city. I think everyone, even the people who didn't believe in him while he was here, was happy for him for the service he provided. He's still the best quarterback we've ever had in this city. But I was backing the Bengals financially as well as in my heart. Like <laughs> I, I really, I love the way they put their team together. I love Joe Burrow. Those receivers are just electric. Jamar Chase just makes me believe in football generally. And also just that defense going from, you know, something that could hold them back to being something that was a weapon for them. I, I loved how they did it. It was, there was some swag to that team that just kind of, you didn't know where it came from, but it was really cool to watch. So I, I wanted the Bengals to win based on the team, but I was happy for that. Matt Turner, Roar of the Lions. Matt, we want to say thank you so very much for coming on the pod and talking. Uh, we are going to ask you and the Roar of the Lions back. We're going to have a pregame pod and a postgame pod, and we sure would like to have you guys on our pregame pod if you'd be willing. We'd love to do that. Awesome. Before we get you out of here, any shout-outs that you might like to give, whether it be to Bears fans or any Lions fans that may be checking in on this pod just to see what you had to say? I guess... With the Chicago fans, we know exactly where they've been because I, I 
maybe I'm being presumptive, but I kind of feel like you guys are where we were last year. And maybe I didn't have faith in your head coaching hire and your your new GM. But the more I look at your position, the more I kind of believe in the process a little bit more. And while this year might not be the, the best, I think you're in the right, going the right direction already now. Let's see what happens this year. But I think there's reason for belief for Chicago in future years. Getting rid of who you had last year was just a win in itself. Um, I don't think I've got any more shout outs to do. I mean, we, we've had some terrific action on the pods this year. We've had some fantastic guests. I mentioned that PFF interview we did last night with Sam Monson it happens towards the end of the pod. If you are interested in PFF as an organization and how they work and how they see themselves, because most people think that they think it's the be all and end all when they really don't. So you guys, the people who listen to your show are probably not going to be interested in our pod, but that last half an hour with him on is really worth a listen. For some reason, Matt, if people are not following you, and I think there are some people that want to follow on Twitter just to see what, what Lions fans are saying about things. Um, how do they get after War of the Lions? How can they follow you? Uh, Twitter is at ROTL underscore UK. Otherwise, if you search for War of the Lions UK on YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, Facebook, you'll, you'll find us. We're there. Absolutely. Matt Turner, thank you so much for being part of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Cheers, Ryan. Cheers, Jack. Thanks, Matt. So, Jack, uh, I think it's kind of amazing that all three groups of fans had themselves in first or second place in the division. You know, the optimism of, of fans at this time in August is it's truly incredible. It is, especially because the Packers are the king of the hill until they aren't. And I don't blame any of the guests that we've had on. I mean, you want to have people that are passionate about their team and hopeful about their team. I do think we are pragmatic. You know, we're not, we're not picking you know, our bears first or second. No, you know, I think they'll be better than the lions or the Vikings to be honest, but not first or second. Well, the, there are a few things that I definitely want to put out there. The Packer fans that we had on admitted that their wide receiver room is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Um, and I think that's that's really good for them to, to be realistic about that because they probably have a worse receiving core than the Bears, which says a lot. Uh, it was interesting to hear the Vikings fans say that they're a Kirk Cousins injury away from being a really bad football team. You know, Matt was talking a little bit about how this isn't a perfect team, you know, a, a nine win team, you know, and I, I think, you know, while there there's that optimism, I also think all of them were somewhat realistic in, in what they were saying. I think when Brian, our Vikings fan said that the Vikings were going to win 12 games or 13 games, that kind of took me back a little bit. I was like, I don't, I don't see that happening, but it's it's NFL. You never know. Well, that's the beauty of it, right? We, it's it is fun to to kind of discuss and analyze and you know make predictions, but they've got to play the games, and oftentimes things swerve in ways that we would have never expected, and that's that's what makes it cool. The the Aaron Rodgers factor is the thing, and and Matt said it. He just said it that Green Bay's defense, because Green Bay's defense is ridiculous. You know, if, if Aaron Rodgers somehow gets hurt or something like that, like that changes the equation. Like then I think the division is wide open, but there's still Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think probably the Packers think more of Jordan Love than 
the media uh, does or do you know what i think or anyone else or anyone else we'll see whether they extend them or not i suppose here coming up at the end of the season but i think they would have gone out and found other help if they didn't think that jordan love was unable to do the job if aaron Rodgers went down yeah i the, it was refreshing to hear viking fans say that kellen mond is not a good quarterback and then i don't know if you saw that scramble pass like airmail woof Kellen Mond, I don't even know if he is a backup quarterback, which kind of stinks if you put a, a draft pick into that. But so when when Kirk Cousins is done, which again I get the fa- I, I get the good statistics, but I just yeah, it's I think it's just throughout this series what's been so fascinating is just to see the teams around the division through the lens of fans that are following those teams like we are following ours, and we always say how we love to learn by doing this and listening to other people and that that was just really interesting to me throughout this entire series you did a great job with it ryan well thanks dude i i really truly enjoyed it and the thing that i think about with with all three of the groups i really wish they cheered for the bears because they're really good people they're really really smart and really know football but they just they cheer for a different team and so you know how do you you know, how do you reconcile that? Like, as, as, as Matt was talking about it, I'm like, oh man, you know, it's like, I can really cheer for Dan Campbell in this group. And I was like, no, it's the Detroit Lions. I can't, I can't do that. Right. It's fascinating too, because I think, you know, we talk about how the national media gets so much wrong about the bears and that they're just not locked into the specifics. And, you know, that context he gave about, you know, the, the, the speech was, was fascinating. Like you, you just, you can't get the whole picture when you're not in the market or if you're only getting the information from Twitter or from, you know, the national, you know, the national media outlets, because I, I think people kind of like disrespect or laugh at Dan Campbell and very clearly Matt, and I don't know if he represents most fans for the Lions, have a great deal of respect for him. And I can see why they would based on what it is that he described about the man. It's interesting you can dislike a team, but I think you and I have had very pointed conversations about they are human beings and you can like the human being and just not like the uniform that they're wearing. So, you know what? I like Dan Campbell and, and, and I can, that's more than I can say for some of the other lions, old head coaches like Schwartz, like that guy was a giant tool bag. Yes. Uh, Patricia was happy to see him go. You know what, Dan Campbell, I'm, I, I kind of sort of wish him some success just not against the Bears. Exactly. Jack, before we get out of here, I have two quick shout outs to give. They are both off Twitter, uh, but need to give them a shout out. The first one is to a friend of mine from high school. Uh, he's gotten a couple of shout outs, Levi White. He actually sent me a couple uh, true false questions. And I think we used a couple variations on them uh, for our last pod, which folks, if you haven't listened to, please go back. That was That was a really, really fun episode. And then the other one is Will Plumley. The barber from Sheridan's Barbershop that uh, that we absolutely adore. He's a new dad. His son, William, I got to see some pictures and hear some stories. I'm mad at Will because his kid sleeps already like five or six hours stretches. And I was like, no, man, that's no, that's not how it's supposed to work. Uh, but Will and I talked and he's down to come on the pod, give some good fantasy advice. So he is a freaking character, folks. So I can't wait for you to hear Will the barber. He said he would come on. He said he would come on. That's so, so great. So we're hoping that it's going to be here soon. And congratulations, Will. Hope I'll see you soon and be able to congratulate you in person. Ryan, the only other thing I wanted to mention was we've got 500 followers 
on the Bear Down Shy Pod handle of our Twitter accounts. And to commemorate that, do you want to tell the listeners what we're doing? It's a, it's a, oh man, I don't know if I want to, okay. We've got a very big surprise coming. We can't say what it is just yet, but it is, it is something we're very excited about doing. And let's just say it's going to be just in the nick of time. That sounds perfect. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. There's got to be something cool we can maybe give away. I don't know. I'm going to look around in my closet a little bit. I think, I think there's something. So, uh, Jack, let, let it up perfectly, folks. We cannot, cannot thank you enough. We get to see the numbers. We get to see where people are listening from relative locations. I can't see your address yet. <laughs> um, and uh, we're being listened to on every continent other than Antarctica, which it just jack i mean i'm i think you you kind of talked about it in the last episode like we just started it as an office conversation and now it's like turned into something real and it's been really fun dude it has been it's easily my most favorite side hustle <laughs> folks for all of us at the bear down chicago podcast so that's patrick sheldon brendan chagru logan bradley jack wright i am ryan dangle folks thank you so very much for listening and as always bear down chicago